Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Housing Matters, the Vancouver Real Estate Show. This is episode four, and today we're focusing on the speculation tax. I'm your host, Stuart McNish. Now, just before we get started, I want to let you know about a couple of other podcasts worth your time. The first is White Towel, hosted by Paul Chapman. Paul and a series of guest hosts bring you everything you need to know about the Canucks news, rumors, theories, and themes. And for all of you taxpayers, you're going to want to tune in to In the House, hosted by two of BC's top journalists covering the legend, Mike Smith Rob, and Rob Shaw. Listen in on Apple Podcasts, VancouverSun.com, and TheProvince.com, where Mike and Rob break down the latest in Victoria, the latest on how the government is spending your money. And that brings me to today's show. We're talking about money, your money. If you're a homeowner... You'll be interested in what my guests, BD School of Business Professor Andre Pavlov, followed by lawyer Wes Musio, you're going to want to hear what they have to say as we dig deep into the speculation tax, a tax all homeowners have better stay on top of, because if you don't, you could find yourself getting dinged for a tax that you don't even need to pay. Joining me now is Andre Pavlov. Andre, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. It's my understanding that you were consulted well, they were formulating the legislation that has now become the speculation tax. Is that, is that true? Yeah, that is true. I was part of a group of economists who put forth a proposal along the lines of the speculation tax. I so, mean, yeah, that's true. So the fact that they were doing that would suggest that they were doing a pretty good job, or you would think that they were doing a pretty good job to try and get a clear sense of what was needed so that this would be thought out and done properly. But you're, <laughs> rumor has it that you're not so happy with what the outcome was. No, no, not at all. So what we proposed, um, you know, a group of local economists um, on how to handle vacancy and, and empty homes uh, is actually very, very different from what actually got implemented. So what are the, what are the striking differences for right, you? So, so consider someone who, who owns a property in, in Vancouver, but doesn't live here, doesn't pay any taxes here. Um, so the, someone like that, doesn't contribute very much to our society uh, because they don't pay any income taxes, they don't work here, they, right? But mm -hmm. they benefit from it because over time their property value goes mm -hmm. up. So it seems like fair to ask uh, someone like that to contribute a little bit financially to to our uh, uh, government so that, uh, you know, uh, perhaps we can save taxes on someone else. And okay. the other thing is, I don't know about you, but I can relate to anyone from any culture. I have students from all over the world and I make friends with them and sometimes they're lifelong friends, right? Mm -hmm. um, the people I cannot connect with 
are people who are not here. True. So you leave your property empty, you impose a cost on your neighbors. So the thinking was, well, here's someone who benefits from our society, doesn't contribute very much. They can probably pay a little bit more in taxes, and then we can use this money to reduce the taxes on their neighbors who are you know, facing a, a cost because of the empty homes on their street. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like a pretty reasonable idea and, and pretty reasonable proposal. Well, when not, you put it that way, absolutely. Yeah, not, not surprising that both the city of Vancouver and, and the province uh, took notice. Of course, what happened was completely different, very, very different from what we implemented. So number one, um, the idea was anyone who pays income taxes anywhere in Canada would be exempt. So mm -hmm. up to the amount, any, any tax you pay can be used to fully offset the vacancy tax. So in other words, if you're someone in Toronto who provides valuable engineering services in Vancouver and or some other expertise, mm -hmm. and in doing so, you find it cheaper to own a home here rather than rent or go to a hotel, well, because that would be exempt. Because you're in and out of town. Yeah, you're in right. and out, right? Yeah. But you're certainly contributing to the Canadian society, no question. Mm -hmm. And you're contributing to our local economy because you're providing expertise that's presumably it's not available here. That's why they're recruiting you from from far away, right? Mm -hmm. Or a venture capitalist, right? A venture capital investor who wants to be close to their investments, right? Mm -hmm. They provide expertise, funds, um, they, they want to be close. And they also might find it easier to have a base here mm -hmm. uh, than stay at the hotel every time they come. So there's all kinds of people. But, but we should point out that these are people who are not here for a minimum of six months out of the year. They, they come in and out based on business uh, needs. That's right. But the yeah. point is they contribute very much to our society. So there's no argument there to be made, oh, these people are not contributing, so we should ask them to pay a little more. They mm -hmm. are already paying. Yeah. Uh, Canadian taxes right. and contributing greatly. So, so the original proposal was any tax, any income tax you pay in Canada, used to offset the vacancy tax. Okay. And of that course, that's not. But that's not what we got, right? No. <laughs> so in Vancouver, you get no credit for any income tax paid anywhere. Um, in the provincial speculation and, and vacancy tax, you get credit, but it's really like a token. It's up to two thousand dollar credit on your next year income tax return or something complicated like that, right? So pay it, then for pay the... Pay it and then get uh, 2000 Now, given that, wow. uh, given that uh, property, there's hardly any properties here under a million dollars, that 2000 isn't going to cover very much of the tax. So it's right. really a token. It's not a true exemption. So you can be someone contributing very much to our society and you'll still be required to pay just because you didn't sleep enough nights in, in a particular location. That seems grossly unfair and, and very different from the original proposal. Mm -hmm. And it will have an impact uh, economically because these people will make decisions about, am I going to continue to do business in British Columbia? That's right. So consider someone who provides valuable services, right? They're going to walk away or they're going to charge more. Mm -hmm. Either way, all of us are worse off. Mm -hmm. right? The worst case scenario is then they pick up and go. They dump their property, you know, and, and, and that is gone. kind of happening, and then they're completely gone. Or maybe they keep their property, but they sure are going to charge a lot more for, uh, for the time and services that provide. Either way, this is a huge cost to our economy. Wow. That's not accounted when the city or I'm sure the province will count how many dollars they have collected. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that I find 
a little challenging and a little hard to take is that this is you are guilty until proven innocent. This is exactly uh, the kind of uh, legislation that an NDP government brought in against a telco that, that had negative billing going back some 20 years ago, saying, no, 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 you're not allowed to do that. Um, the option has to be on you to go and bill those people who are, your, who, are, who are using these services, not the other way around where they have to opt out. And yet, Here's this government is doing that. And this, I think, is one of the things that, that I think rankles me the most. Uh, I go ahead, I buy a house, I do all those things that I was told to do. I've been told this is, and it was told, and it was put to me this way this is the best investment that you can make in your life. You know, you're you're guarding your nest egg and you're providing for yourself and your family a place to live. Now, all of a sudden, it's as though you did the wrong thing, because by doing that, if you don't meet certain obligations now, you're going to be taxed. And if you don't pay attention and you don't actually do this, you will get taxed, and then you got to go through the process of then uh, reestablishing the fact that you're innocent. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the tax itself is very flawed, but that aside, the implementation and how it's been enforced is, is just... Yeah atrocious. So people say, oh, well, what's the big deal? You know, it will take you a minute to fill out the form. Well, sure it will if you get the proper letter and, and it has the right number and it matches your social insurance number and everything works smoothly, yes. Mm -hmm. But what if your spouse um, isn't here right. or, like, passed away? Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> well, how, does, how do they fill out their form? All right, how's that handled? Or, or what if uh, the mail gets misplaced? Or what if you speak foreign language and you can't really read the letter to begin with? So mm -hmm. now you've got to hire someone to help you with the letter. And then if they make a mistake, you make a mistake, right? So there's a whole kinds of situations you can imagine that people will make an honest mistake, they'll miss the letter, they'll misfill the form, they'll, you know? And all those people are gonna be now enemies of the state because They'll have to pay, and um, and yeah, sure, there's appeal, and the story is, oh, you have up to six years, years to appeal. Well, anyone who's been through any kind of appeal with the city of Vancouver knows that's pretty much a dead end, right? I can't, I'm not holding my breath that the, the province is going to do any better. So yeah, right. after an insane amount of paperwork and hours of your time and possibly some sleepless nights, yeah. Maybe you get your uh, money back, but well, it's also presented as though well, this is really easy, and of course you have time because nobody's that busy that they couldn't uh, take time to fill out yet another form uh, for something that you really are not guilty of. You're not a speculator. You're you're a homeowner. Yeah. So uh, I love it the way you said yet another form. So sure, if that's the only form you fill, or one of the two forms you already fill. Yeah, no problem. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right? But like, I mean, my income taxes are pretty simple, I think. There's nothing special going on, and yet there's still a, 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 a file they stick, right? So, right? so we are already filling a whole bunch of government forms yep. anyway, and um, one more is not necessary, really. Did you see the article this morning about this woman in uh, Belcara whose father had, you know, a tiny little cabin that he built, no power, no electricity, no running water, no nothing, and it's kind of a second property that members of the family are all entitled to, and they're going to get dinged with this empty home tax because they couldn't rent it out. It's not rentable, and there's no exemption around which they can go, <laughs> you know, 
how can you be taxing us? <laughs> like, there are so many holes in this legislation, and it's going to hurt people. It's really going to hurt people. There's many situations like that. What if you work in, in the, uh, live in the suburbs and, and work in Vancouver and find it convenient to have two places? I mean, there's many situations like that. Um, there's nothing wrong with having a vacation property or having a second property or anything like that. Uh, but now you're the enemy. Right? <laughs> but now you're talking about the substance of the tax. And, yeah. and, and I, those are separate issues, right? So I'm, the substance is bad, you're right. Yeah. But the implementation is just horrendous. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to end up paying the tax that don't have to. So the question I have for the government is this. Mm -hmm. What's bigger offense? Someone who needs to pay the tax doesn't? Or someone who doesn't have to pay the tax pays it? <laughs> I think that's a very fair question, because our whole system is always set up to, uh, to give the benefit of the doubt. Guilty until, uh, I mean, innocent until proven guilty, right? Well, that's the way our legal system works. That's right. But not just that. Like, our Canadian taxes work like that, because you have to file, right? It's, you have to report your income, right? There's, mm -hmm. um, I mean, sure, there are checks and balances that are reasonable, but overall, you're presumed innocent. Right. This is pretty much the first time that uh, that is so blatantly saying every homeowner is guilty and they have to prove that they don't own the tax. Is this a change in philosophy? And if it is, I think it's one that we need to be aware of. It's not just about a speculation tax. Maybe it's a difference about a change in philosophy because we see it coming, creeping in in other areas. I mean, all of a sudden, small business owners can't be trusted because uh, now this is at the federal level rather than the provincial level. But this seems to be a change in philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, part of pitting people against people, right? So it's renters versus homeowners, uh, poor versus rich, you know, business owners versus employees. So it's all about confrontation and division rather than figuring out ways to make our province better for everyone and then create opportunities for everyone. You know, they, t they say, well, this money is going to go towards creating more affordable housing. So that's very interesting because the, the city of Vancouver had a report that um, a few years back that uh, put the number of empty homes at about 10, 11,000, something mm -hmm. like that. They introduced the vacancy tax. The total homes that are vacant or exempt is about seven to 8,000. I don't remember the exact number. Right. So 3,000 homes went on the, you know, went from empty, presumably to rented or sold or something. Right? Mm -hmm. 3,000 homes in Vancouver. Right? As a so, result. As okay. a result. Presumably yeah. okay. as a result. Right? Now, that's not a very big number, not a small number. Right? Okay, that's respectable. The question is, how many development applications is the city sitting on? Yeah. I bet you that's a lot more than 3,000. So yeah. if the city puts its act together and actually approves the applications that are already in the pipeline, someone wants to build that mm -hmm. with no money from the taxpayer, that would have a much larger impact on supply than the vacancy tax in Vancouver does. Now, the promise is different, right? There's not such a pileup of pending applications in other cities, I assume. I think mm -hmm. Vancouver's got to be the worst. But, uh, you know, so maybe there's going to be more uh, uh, larger impact in other areas. But those areas are not in such housing shortage as Vancouver is. So then, yeah, sure, maybe there are more units that will enter the market, but the benefit would be relatively less there. Well, and it would be paid for by the market rather than by government. That's right. That's right. So exactly. I'm reminded That's of that thing, old right? adage, you know, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. So, so here's, here's someone who wants to develop lots of people like that yeah. with their own money. And we tell them, no, yeah. we're going to tax you and then we're going to build ourselves. Like that makes absolutely no sense. 
Well, it doesn't make any sense to me either. So, you know, uh, you don't actually think that this is going to create that many more rental units. You don't think that it's going to like take that many empty homes out of the marketplace because the people who own them don't want to rent them out. Uh, and then you start taking a look at the exemptions. Have you looked at the exemptions? I did actually, as a matter of fact, and I couldn't read half of them. And I you was know, trying to make sense of it. I'm I mean, going. Holy smokes. I understand English is my second language, right? So maybe I'm not a very good reader, but some of them are uh, like so confusing. Right. From what I gather, I mean, you have a lawyer on, uh, next on the show. I bet you you hear that lawyers have a hard time understanding those exemptions as well. Well, and they're trying to understand how does this affect uh, will and estate planning. You know, there have been a whole series of moves over the years to try and reduce inheritance tax and create trusts. Yeah. Well, when you have your name on somebody else's home uh, because it's part of a family trust, <laughs> all of a sudden you're going to be eligible for that tax because you can't have two principal residences. So I don't understand that. If the tax is called speculation and vacancy, right. right? how is being on someone else's property on title make you a speculator? Right? How is giving money to your kids for down payment, which a lot of people do, mm -hmm. and then to protect your uh, investment because you've got to retire at some point, right? You need the money at some point. So yeah. to protect your investment, you go on title, right? Now, the property is occupied. There is a family living there, raising kids there, you know, your yeah. grandkids, right? Suddenly, proportionally, you are responsible for, uh, you know, part of that uh, vacancy tax. So here's an occupied home, mm -hmm. no one's a speculator, no one is a, yep. you know, uh, no one's a bad person in any way, shape or form, and yet you actually owe the tax. I know. It's remarkable, isn't it? And the other thing that I learned that just because you make a declaration with the city of Vancouver, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you've satisfied your requirement for the province. So, yes. you know, we were talking about the fact that well, you it's only one form. Yeah, but you also have to fill out the same form for the city of Vancouver. You live in the city of Vancouver. And as far as the province is concerned, uh, you haven't fulfilled your obligation. And then you could be, uh, you know, uh, dinged for more, more tax money. Yeah. And then the other thing is the privacy issue, right? So, okay, you fill out the form. Everything works out fine. Yeah. The government is really asking you where you're sleeping every night. What bed are you sleeping in? Yeah. Right? Well. And, and that's the first time that's happening. So then there's going to be a surveillance mechanism set up to do that. You know, so I thought our privacy in Canada is relatively protected, right? right? There's all kinds of privacy laws and, you know, your data needs to stay in Canada. If it goes somewhere yeah. else, you've got to inform all your customers and this and that, right? Pretty good legislation in my view, right? Yeah. To protect privacy. And yet yeah. here we have a government that says... I mean, forget about what you post on your Facebook page. They're asking you which bed you're sleeping in every night. Well, the father of our current prime minister was once famously quoted for saying that the government has no place in the bedrooms of the nation. Mm -hmm. And yet here it is. They're saying, where do you sleep at night? That's right. That's right. Does, does this cause you great concern? So I come from Bulgaria. I left Bulgaria a long time ago to escape communism. Yeah. And uh, that's how it was. You're guilty until proven innocent. And there was constantly a form or something you need to do so that you are constantly reminded that it all belongs to the government. You have nothing and you can lose it all at any time if you say the wrong thing. So, yes, I mean, I'm not saying we're that far along that path, but it but sure reminds me. you start thinking about that's it. That's right. It sure reminds yeah. me of that, right? It's how is it that the government can ask 
where I spent every night when there's very clear mechanism uh, that you can establish whether the home is vacant or not without asking me that question. Well, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Thanks for coming in and shining some light on it. I think we're going to come back and visit this topic again. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. So coming up next will be lawyer Wes Musio, who says, be aware if you have an aging parent in long-term care and the family home is unoccupied, unoccupied. be aware of the implications on estates and estate planning. We'll be right back with Wes. And I want to remind you to tune in to In the House and White Towel on Apple Podcasts, BankOfOurSun.com, and The Province. We'll be right back. Wes Musio, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. You are a lawyer, and you've been digging into the speculation tax, and you've been finding some interesting things, especially when it comes to estates and wills. You know, what are some of those things that made you go, oh my gosh, if you weren't aware of this, ouch. Yeah, the thing is, I, I do estate litigation and a lot of estate work now, where our firm has quite a few files, and the thing we noticed is a lot of people are tax planning and estate planning by putting multiple family members or people on, on title of a property, and so under the new system, if you're not living in the house or have another exemption, you're actually going to have to pay speculation taxes, even though you're, you're never intending to speculate, you're intending to plan for, for your life, basically you know, in, in time of death. Okay, run that by me. How does that work? So a lot of people are doing estate planning, and they'll put a family member or something on, on the title, won't they, as a way of making that transition a little bit easier and smoother post the, the passing of, the, of the, the, like the matriarch or patriarch of the family. Yeah, there's a couple of reasons why you do that. One is um, you put somebody on title as a joint tenant, and it, they may not be a family member, but you want to give them the house on your death, mm -hmm. because otherwise... Um, if it goes through the estate, then the family can fight it. So that's one way you give it to your friend or, or your buddy or, or whatnot. The other way is you want to have your children or your, um, your mother or father on title in case you die because then the property will automatically transfer to you as joint tenant and it doesn't go through um, probate. Now probate has is, is got probate taxes, it's got a 210 day waiting period after you get probate which by mm -hmm. the way probate takes at least um, three or four months in the courts to get. So you're looking at a one year delay. So people are historically doing a lot of tax planning by putting people on title that don't even live at the property. And that's where, that's where the problem goes, because you go to, um, you have to now um, claim an exemption as an owner of the property. And if you're not there, you're not living there, you're not renting there, you live in another property, you're paying taxes. So <clears throat> if you're not paying attention to that and your name is on title on somewhere else and you don't claim the exemption, you're going to get taxed. Exactly. Like the point is, is you, you can't claim an exemption if you're, if you're a friend, family member that's not living in the premise and, it, and the person that is actually living there is the one that um, wanted you to get on title. So, so they you can't can even claim the exemption. Cannot claim the exemption. So what happens is in oh that situation, God. you've got, say there's two people on title, you're paying 50% of the speculation tax. And I don't think the provincial government was thinking that one through when they, they put in the exemptions because it's obviously a, a major problem, I think, for a lot of estate planning people. And and I can tell you that estate planning is a very, very common thing for, for lawyers and for the, the industry. So there's going to be a lot of people that are captured by this um, this problem. What if you happen to have forgotten <laughs> that you're on title somewhere, or you're out of the province, or you don't? <clears throat> would they even mail you the uh, the papers? 
Well, the point, they probably would mail them to you, but the problem is, is you might not realize that you're on title because sometimes these are done, um, you know, in secret or, or whatnot. So then suddenly you get a major tax bill. And you're going, what the heck's this for? Yes, and, and that's never been the intention, I don't believe, of this This tax is supposed to be dealing with um, empty homes and speculation, but you're not speculating when you're uh, tax planning and estate planning, I wouldn't think. Hmm. What happens after the person passes away and there's nobody living in the in the house? Well, the way it works is if somebody dies, let's say they die in 2019, mm -hmm. there's an exemption, an automatic exemption for 2019 and 2020, and then after that, taxes are paid. But the difficulty with that is um, probate takes years to go through the system because you've got such big delays in court and doing all the paperwork. So there's going to be a lot of... Um, you know, probates um, and uh, estates are going to be captured by this um, the speculation tax because it's not uncommon to have a several year period before the house is sold and, and the estate is wound up. So you're definitely going to get some estates paying speculation tax. And is there any exemption to that? You get two, three years out past the, the no? No, the only exemption is in the year the person dies and then one year thereafter. And if you say you inherit a house, like automatically, that's why joint tenancy, you, you inherited it. It's only in the year that you um, inherit it. In other words, um, say your um, your loved one dies in 2019, you have to have to be living in there by 2020 or you're paying the speculation tax. because Or, or you meet another exemption like renting it out or something. Mm -hmm. So there, it, there's a tight timeline. And unfortunately with, um, you know, state, um, you know, litigation and estate matters, very often these um, houses are held up in the, you know, until everything's wound up. For example, you there's a certificate of pending litigation against the property. You can't sell it. It's sitting there for a couple of years until the litigation goes ahead. Because and, there's a dispute yeah, over the estate. And then somebody's paying the speculation tax because you can't sell it. Because you only have that one extra year after death to, to wind up the estate. And I don't, you know, the problem is I, I see is that the, you know, per, perhaps the government never expected this to happen, but they didn't look it through and think it through of all the possible exemptions that I mean, are needed. Isn't that their responsibility yeah. to do that? I would think so. I mean, they, you know, they should have spoken to um, people like myself that do estate litigation and they would have realized that they've got a bunch of uh, problems um, in terms of the way they were proceeding for it. Unless, of course, they, they want to tax people like that, but I don't think that's the case. Well, let's hope not, you know, because the other thing that I think about, okay, so my parent is dying and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to also remember that I have to apply for the exemption on their home uh, in addition to everything else, because this tax is set up that you are guilty until you prove yourself innocent. Exactly. And the problem is, is if you, you have your, um, your, you have your uh, name on your mother's property and you're living in another place in Vancouver, you're paying speculation tax because you can't claim principal residency on two places. So basically you have mom sitting there. She doesn't want to have a renter in there. You can't hit any other exemptions. You're paying half the speculation tax by having your name on the property. And so you can make a choice, I guess. You can get your name off there and then you have to go through the probate problems or you uh, just eat it and start paying the tax, which is probably not palatable for most people. So I had the Minister of Housing in here a couple of weeks ago and she said, oh, it's quite simple. You just go online. It doesn't take much. You, you just fill it out. Well, I went online to take a look at it. It doesn't look simple to me. And if you're trying to understand what these exemptions are, as I was doing like research in advance of you coming in, I'm starting to try and read what, well, what is and what isn't exempt. And it was 
mind-numbing, mind-boggling. I can't imagine that when you're in the process of going through all of that. So it's not just that you're going to apply for that exemption. You're going to have to engage somebody who actually knows what they're doing to make sure that you do it right. Right, and that, I guess, helps lawyers like me because we'll get sure. more business. <laughs> yeah, but, but it incurs additional costs. Exactly, but the <laughs> point, I think the bigger point is that if you look at the uh, website, and I've gone through it quite a few times because I have to instruct clients about the problem that we've created for them by putting people on, on title. So I've gone through it and there's a number of examples that are internally inconsistent with other other factors like um, the, the government has put in okay this example but it actually doesn't apply so it you know somebody that wrote that has um, not really gone through and and reread it and had several people look at at the website to make sure it, it's accurate because I don't think it's even accurate in wow. some regards like some of those examples are not correct it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an unintended consequence. So you have um, the government saying, okay, 32,000 people, give or take, are going to be impacted. But I think the number is going to be vastly higher than that, they'll find. And then either they're going to ex accept all this extra revenue or they're going to have to do a lot more exemptions right away. You know, because it, that's the problem with having a tax system like that where people are um, guilty until proven innocent. So rather than doing it the other way around where you're actually trying to pick out who's who should be paying it. Mm -hmm. So in other words, what you need to do is come up with all the possible exemptions that you want, and they haven't done that yet. So there's going to be, a, you know, checks and balances coming out come March 1st when people are starting to see their tax bill come in. And so anybody that... <laughs> potentially is on uh, any piece of property because they have a family member or a friend that wants to pass on uh, property, or if you've had a family member who is about to pass away or has, what's your number one uh, bit, of, bit of advice when it comes to the speculation tax? Well, you're going to have to pay. Um, you don't have an exemption. You're going to have to pay, or you're going to have to reverse what you did on, the, um, on this tax planning or estate planning. You know, and, and using a personal example, we're about to do that with my um, my mother-in-law having the three ki kids put on the title. But now we would never do that because all three children have um, residences in in the Lower Mainland that would be um, that they have to claim primary residency over. So if we put the three children on title, that I was actually in the process of doing, and now you have to reverse it because it otherwise you're paying three quarters of the of the property tax um, or the speculation tax. So what had seemed prudent in the past it no longer is. And so then the end result is now I, I've been, the will we change because I'm now going to be the executor because we actually have to formally go through probate because that's the unfortunate part. So then I've been put on as the executor for that reason because um, we can't do the other, um, you know, estate planning venture, which most people are, are currently doing in this, this industry. And I think that it's also important to remember that if you filed this year, you've got to make claims and go through the whole process again next year and the year after and the year after and the year after. So once you're on title, um, you have to pay attention to this on an annual basis. And you don't want to cheat because if you are taught, caught cheating, that's inappropriate. And so you have to be honest. And there's going to be a lot of people that honestly can't find an exemption and will have to pay taxes. And it's just most unfair. I mean, from my perspective, I would think that if you have one owner of the property that's living in the property, everyone should be exempted. But I, unfortunately, the government didn't go that direction. So they're making each individual um, property owner um, claim claim exemption or pay. So if you got four, four people on title and one person's living there, you're paying three quarters of the speculation tax on that property. It seems to me to be a bit, a bit of a messy business. Thanks for coming in and sharing this with us. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
thank you for tuning in. Join us next time when we dig into Vancouver's industrial land crisis, a crisis that could have a dramatic impact on the economy and jobs. I'm Stuart McNish. Thanks for joining us on Housing Matters, the Vancouver Real Estate Show. Now, just before I go, I'd like to encourage you once again to tune into In the House with Mike Smith and Rob Shaw. And if you're a fan of the Canucks or merely just interested in the team, join Paul Chapman for White Towel, available on Apple Podcasts, VancouverSun.com, and TheProvince.com. See you next time. Mm-hmm.